Well, could you stand with me one more time? Um, I know it's like a little gymnastics this morning, but um, you know we have been getting um, reports from our missionaries in Ukraine. Um, uh, one team in the south, uh, where they were stationed in Odessa, they've actually gone to, um, uh, uh, what's that name, Ro not Romania, um, Moldova. They've gone to Moldova. And so there's a lot of refugees that are going there. They've taken actually busloads. Uh, the church there was like a thousand people strong, or 1,200. Uh, and so it was, I don't know how many of people they've taken with them, but, and then um, uh, the other team is in uh, Chernigiv, uh, which is being bombed right now pretty heavily. And um, they, um, they actually had to go to a village, been having a hard time. Um, uh, getting food and really being safe. It's been really difficult for him. I just feel bad for him. Sorry if I'm crying, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> but anyways, I just want us to pray for them, if you, if you could join me. And let's just pray together. Lord, just thank you for your goodness to us, God. And we just pray, Lord, for uh, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. We ask you, Lord, that you protect them. Surround them with angelic protection, Lord. God, we just pray that not a hair from their head would fall. But, Lord, that you'd have your, have your perfect plan executed in their lives. And, Lord, we just pray, God, that the real spirit of faith would come alive in their hearts now, Lord. That they would see you as their, their, as their protection, as their safe place, as their hiding place, Lord. We just pray, God, that you would keep the bombs away Keep the evil away from them, Lord. Deliver them from evil, God, in every sense, in every way, Lord. Bring them to a safe place. We pray, Lord, that you would provide supernaturally for them, Lord. Um, God, God, that you'd have food and what they need, Lord. And all those orphans, God, we just pray, Lord, that you'd help them, God, protect them. Uh, that they would have no harm or da 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 damage in any way, Lord. We just pray for divine protection around them. We just uplift them, Lord, before you. Pray, God, a, a wall of protection. Thank you for angels, Lord, that you said the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear them to deliver them. Thank you for delivering them, Lord, in, in a powerful way, Lord. We just expect to hear testimonies of your divine deliverance, Lord. We just thank you, God. And, Lord, however this situation can work out, Lord, we don't know how. But, God, you know how. We just pray, God, let your will be done in this situation and that you would just deliver this whole uh, nation, Lord, out of the grip of the e e evil one, Lord. We just pray, God, and we agree together on it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Everybody agree, say amen. 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 You may be seated. Sorry about crying, but now my eyes are blurry. I can't see my notes, so I don't know where this sermon's going to go. But um, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you, you hear about people... And it's sort of like a, a distant thing, you know, you don't really, um, you know, it's like, well, I feel bad about that, but, you know, it's not really a part of my life or attached to me. But in this case, you know, I spent, um, I went to Ukraine probably 10, 12 times in the 90s and early 2000s. And so I met all these people. And so, you know, sometimes they'll send videos and you can, you know, people that you know, that you love, and you can see that they're really shaken. And they're asking for prayer. And it's really a hard, hard situation. So uh, we just stand together with us in prayer and believing God for their deliverance. Amen.
Uh, we've sent money over, obviously, to help them um, get food and stuff and send uh, medical supplies over there for them to buy medical supplies. And so it's, a, it's an ongoing situation. And, uh, but we believe, God, we believe God for victory. God is the God of, uh, he's the God of armies. Amen. All right, well, let me get off this sub- that subject, okay? Let's try something funny, all right? Um, if you have your Bibles, this is not funny, but um, I'll, I'll think of something in a minute here that's funny. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to Genesis chapter 1. I titled this message, uh, Creating a World That's Inhabitable. Creating a World That's Inhabitable. Uh, you know, years ago, my wife and I, we and our family, we were in California and we were traveling, we flew into San Francisco, and, and we were traveling uh, down to Palm Springs, and so we kind of did some sightseeing, so we got late, so we had to pick a hotel, and my wife and I were on two different pages. I was looking for economy, and she was looking for habitability. And so I don't know how many hotels we went to, I said, well, here's a cheap hotel, you know, they're announcing $39.99 a night. <laughs> This sounds like the place. And so she went in there and she, she said, I wouldn't let my dog, we didn't have a dog, but I wouldn't let my dog stay here. And so we had a little struggle there trying to find the right motel. I don't know how many hotels. One hotel, I think we kind of agreed on, then we looked out and a bunch of people were do, dealing drugs out in the parking lot. So then we went to the next hotel. So it, it took a while. But habitability, a place, a livability is, a, is what we desire. We desire to live, not just talking, you know, like physically, like pictures on the walls or furniture, but we're talking about an atmosphere or an environment that is um, one that is uh, livable, habitable, and that's what we're talking about And when we talk about this. My main focus of this message is I'm going to talk to you about love. And so um, I know that if you've been involved in church at all, it's like, if you haven't heard a sermon on love, you haven't been in church. Uh, we all know that love is kind of like a big thing. It's like a major thing. And, uh, but there's a lot of different definitions. But let's, before we jump into that, let's, let's turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3. And the Bible tells us here that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face over the face of the waters. I think it's supposed to say of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so in this verse, we find that the origin or the origin of everything. In the beginning, before there was anything, it said that God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to tell you how he, he did that and what he was looking at. And the first thing it says, the earth was without form and void. It was empty, it was chaotic, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said. So when you look at that verse, those three verses, you actually see the Trinity there. You see God, God the Father. You see the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God was hovering or brooding over the face of the waters. And then it says, and God said, then you see the eternal word, which... The Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus was the eternal word, that he was the Logos. And so you see the Trinity in that, in that passage there. But if you look at that, what you see is you see a world at the very beginning that was 
uninhabited for, human, for humans. It was uninhabited. It was dark. It was void. It was, it was formless. It was chaotic. It was a mess. It was a total mess. Now, some people think that, the, 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 that there was an original creation. They call it the gap theory. And there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2 in that there was an original creation, and that creation fell with Lucifer, and, uh, and they became the demons, disembodied spirits of a pre-Adamic creation. There's this whole theology on it, and they have some proof, and I don't want to get into that. Because I just want you to see that at the very beginning, the earth was uninhabitable. And the purpose of earth was man. Man was the purpose of earth. That was what God was thinking in his mind. When he created everything, he, he, was, create, he was thinking about humans because he, he was creating a world that humans could live in. But at the beginning, it was without form and void. It was chaotic. It was a mess. It was dark. It was chaotic. It was uninhabitable. Now, what's interesting about this, that when Paul talks about salvation in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shined in our heart to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So Paul actually links this, this passage that we just read. He links it to our salvation. And because the Bible says that we were in darkness before we came to Christ, and Christ shined upon his light upon us, but we were in darkness. Our life was, as far as God is concerned, before we knew God, our life was chaotic. It was out of form. It was void. It was empty before we came to Christ. And when we, we heard the word of the Lord, just like the original creation, heard the word of the Lord, and as God spoke, and if you read the whole first chapter, God kept speaking, and as he spoke, he brought the earth became inhabitable for us. And that's really a picture of our lives. As we hear the word of the Lord, our world becomes, and respond to it in a positive way, our world becomes inhabited, becomes livable. It becomes an environment that every single one of us crave and desire. How many can see what I'm saying? And so that's why it's so important for us to sit under, sit under the preaching of the word. And I'm not just talking about here. But I mean, there's so many different ways that you can hear good preaching and good truth, good positive uplifting truths that will lift your life and that will bring light into your darkness. And there's so many ways to hear it. You can read it in books that are good books. You can read it from the scriptures, which is the primary way. And there's a lot of great preachers you can listen to. And you, your life can uh, hear that, that light can break through the darkness. Clarity can come to confusion. Shape can come where there's void, a sense of voidlessness and and you can actually begin to respond and, and, and create a world that, that is livable. And one of those things that is so important is the, is the whole idea about love. Amen. And so when we live by God's design or God's word, we create a world that is inhabitable. When we abandon God's design, chaos ensues. I mean, I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody and you, just, you shake your head and you go, I don't know how you got into this mess. What were you thinking? You know, I remember, you know, this is probably a bad example, but, you know, I kind of like action movies. And, um, and so there was this, um, how many have ever l looked at the uh, Indiana Jones movies? 
You know, so, so the, the one where uh, the Holy Grail. And there's this one scene where the guy goes into where the, this knight is guarding the Holy Grail, and there's this, all these collection of grails or uh, cups. And so the, this wicked guy comes in, and he doesn't know about Jesus that much. And so, he, and so he says, you have to choose. But if you choose the wrong one and drink from it, it reverse, it, one gives you life. If you drink from the right Holy Grail, if you drink from that one, and it gives you life. But if you drink from one of the wrong ones, it reverses. It, and you have instant death. And so this guy comes in. He's the bad guy. And he comes in and he goes, okay, uh, he's the king of kings. So he picks this, this, this uh, ch- chalice, chalice, and it's all diamond studded and everything, and he drinks from it. And right in front of your eyes, it's like his whole life, he, he deteriorates right in front of you. It's really, it's like a, oh my God, you know, this is bad. How many of you ever seen that scene? I was going to play it for you, but I, I thought the kids would get scared. I thought the kids would get scared or whatever. But, um, but, but the point is this, the, the knight that was guarding all these chalices, he looks up and he says, he chose poorly. And I said, you think? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, and that's how sometimes when people come and they start talking about their lives, you go, man, you chose poorly. You did, that was, that was, that was dumb to the 10th degree. You know what I mean? That's, that was not good. And, um, and then the other guy comes in, the hero, he comes in and says, Jesus, what, Jesus, he was a carpenter, he was a carpenter. So then he picks this other humble-looking cup, and then he, it's a good ending, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, but my point is, is that we, we have to make choices uh, in our lives, and as we make the right choices, good things happen. Uh, because our actions and our words are like we, we're sowing seeds, we're... We're responding. And so when we live by God's design, we respond to the scriptures, respond to the word of the Lord. What happens is order comes out of the chaos and clarity comes where there was confusion before and purpose comes where there was emptiness before and light comes where there was darkness. And, and we, we begin to do what we were created to do. You know, I heard this saying, it's actually in this book that we've been studying it was by, how many remember Mr. Rogers? Mr. Waja's neighborhood. Mr. Waja neighborhood. So, but, um, but he made this statement. Um, he, said, he said this. He said, life is simple and deep. Life is simple and deep. But what the world gives us is complicated and shallow. Life is to be simple and deep. But what the world gives us is complicated and shallow. And, um, and there's reasons why life gets complicated. There are reasons for that. And, and one of the things is that in our society today, he said what society gives us is complicated and shallow. In our society today is we are spending a lot of time abandoning foundational principles. And there's a mass redefinition going on. A mass redefinition. We're redefining the family. We're actually redefining humans. We're not male and female anymore. We're whatever. Whatever we choose to be. And so it's, it's becoming like a, a very confusing time. Very complicated. And that's what he said. He said life, the world gives us, is complicated and shallow. You know, the shallow part of it 
is that, you know, we have Facebook. We have so many different ways we have. You know, I don't even know all the ways. I'm not really that good at all that stuff. But we have so much Twitter and, and Glitter and, <laughs> and Rumble. I don't even know what Rumble. Where are these people coming up with this stuff? And we got Periscope and uh, whatever's this. And we got all these things. You know, it's like, what? I'm, I'm just blah, blah, blah. Well, that, like some of my wife will say, well, somebody sent this. What do you mean they sent it? They text it? No, they didn't text it. Well, did they, they um, um, what, uh, uh, Twittered it? Did they Twittered it? No, they didn't Twitter it. I mean, by the time you're done, I'm just like, God, it's just unbelievable, confusing this is. Right? Doesn't it seem that way? But we have all these ways to connect with people. Or to make connections, but a lot, in a lot of ways, we're not very connected. And I was trying to tell somebody one time, I hadn't seen them in 20 years or something, I was trying to tell them about, you know, something in my life, or something that was happening. I said, well, you know, this is happening, whatever. And they said, oh, we already know that. I said, how do you know that? I haven't seen you in 20 years. Oh, we see you on Facebook. Well, I'm not on Facebook. I refuse to go on Facebook. <laughs> I got my face in the book. I know, that was really cheesy. That was, that was cheesy. But anyways, <laughs> that was cheesy. But anyway, so, but my, my point is, uh, but we have all these ways to, 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 con- to, to make a connection, but we're not really connecting. We're not, and, and what God, God has designed, that life should be simple and deep. That means connection or, or relationships should be deep. They should be significant and meaning, meaningful. But what, what happens is that when we, we abandon uh, foundations that are set up by God, we really are headed in a, in a very difficult place, or we're headed in a difficult direction. You know, it's interesting. I heard this story one time about this article that was a, a sailor put in, in one of these uh, Navy magazines, and it was about battleships that were doing maneuvers out in the ocean and they had, um, they had fallen into some bad weather, and something had happened to some of their navigational equipment. And so there were several battleships that were doing the, these maneuvers, and all of a sudden, so they had lookouts, and they were watching for the horizons, and it was kind of a foggy, patchy, cloudy night. And so this one lookout all of a sudden signaled to the captain and said, Captain, there's a light off our, our bow. And the captain goes, is it stationary or is it moving? And the, and the signal man said, it's, it's uh, stationary, which meant that the, the ship was coming right at them. And so the captain said, send out a signal to that ship and tell them they should divert, you know, turn course 20 degrees. And so he sent the signal. And then the, the signal came back and said, you told the, the ship, the destroyer, you divert. 20 degrees. And he goes, what do you mean me divert 20 degrees? So he goes, I'm a captain. Divert 20 degrees. And, and the, the signal came back, I'm a seaman second class. You divert 20 degrees. And the captain's furious by this time. He goes, you tell him that we are U.S. destroyer and you are to de- divert or change course 20 degrees. And the signal came back, we are a lighthouse. Suggest you change course 20 degrees and he goes we change course 20 degrees so so here's the point the point is that 
like that lighthouse, principles, you don't break principles, you break yourself on principles. You don't, you don't alter principles, they alter you. If you violate principles, you do it at your own peril. There's some things that are set that cannot be changed. And if you try to change them, because I hear this a lot today, and this, you know, this is probably going to be politically incorrect, what I'm about to say, but I hear people say a lot of times, I have my truth. And usually they're somebody young. You have your truth. You spend most of your time, you know, doing nothing. And you have your truth. Why don't you go get a job and contribute to society for a while, then come back and tell me about your truth. You know what I mean? But he goes, I have my truth and you have your truth. Truth is not something, truth didn't start with you, young man. You didn't create it. We don't create truth. We're not the source of truth. We discover truth. Truth is, is eternal. Truth has been here since the very beginning of time. All we can do is discover what is true. Jesus said, when he was praying to the Father, he said to the Father, thy word is truth. You know, Jesus said about his word, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. God's word is eternal. God's word is truth. And so we're not trying to create some new truth. We're trying to discover the truth that's in eternal truth. How many follow what I'm saying? See, it's kind of like this, you know, um, when people say they have their truth, whatever that means. But, but it's like, you know, uh, it's like algebra. I don't know, did you guys, you guys didn't remember algebra? You want to hear a funny story? Years ago, my oldest son was taking geometry. I don't know what possessed him, but I took geometry. <clears throat> and so he goes, Dad, I just, <laughs> he goes, I just don't understand this. And I took it myself, but it was, you know, 35, 40 years ago. And so he goes, well, give me that book. I'll try. I'm sure if I read, at some point, something's going to click. This is my reasoning. At some point, we're going to go, okay, okay, now I'm getting it. I'm getting it. But, but I'm sitting there reading this stuff. And it sounds like I'm reading Chinese. I mean, it is like, that's just, it's, I can't, and nothing is clicking. And I'm just reading this, and I'm going, Joe, I'm not, I'm not really getting this. I just kept reading it and reading it and reading it. Finally, I heard this low growling noise. And I looked up, and Joe's sitting over there, falling asleep. He fell asleep. Said, I'm working myself half to death here. See, you can stay awake, you know what I mean? But here's what's interesting about that. It's like algebra. Algebra doesn't work if, you don't, if we don't agree on mathematics. I mean, if we don't agree that one plus one is two, if we don't agree on that, or two plus two is four, or whatever, we don't agree on that, algebra, we're never gonna, we're never gonna, algebra is impossible. And we'll never solve one algebra problem if we don't have the basics down. How many can see what I'm saying? If we don't have the basics, if we can't agree on the basics, then we can't solve any of life's problems. Isn't that true? And so, you know, another reason why life gets complicated is because of, of duplicity or deceit. People are, are, tend, to be, can, tend to be deceitful and can to, tend not to tell the truth. 
And you don't build trust with people that don't tell the truth. I mean, it's very difficult. You could say, well, I'm going to change that principle. No, you're not going to change that principle. It's hard to build trust with somebody who doesn't tell the truth. You know, um, and, and, and so then when people, it gets complicated when people try to wiggle their way out of it. You want to hear another funny story? So I, I used to watch Seinfeld. You ever, ever watch that program, Seinfeld? It sounds like all I do is watch TV, but it's not true. But um, so they got this one scene where, remember George? Can't stand you, George Costanza. So they got this one scene where George is at his, his girlfriend's birthday party and, uh, and the fire breaks out. Do you remember this one? And so then he, he <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then he flees the building. But he, he flees the building in such a way where he's, saving, he's going to save his life. And so he knocks this old lady over. He's got a walker. She's, she's going to the door. So he, she knocks, he knocks her over. And they have all these little kids. They're trying to get to the door. He's throwing them out of the way so he can get to the door. First, he gets to the door first and saves himself. Well, later they have this day of reckoning with him. They go, how come you were throwing kids out of the way? You're pushing kids on the floor. You knock this old lady down. And so, so here he goes. It may have seemed that way, but I was acting like a leader. I was showing the way to the door. Yeah, well, why'd you knock that old lady down? She's like 90 years old in a walker. You knocked her down. He goes, it may have seemed that way, but I was pushing her to the floor because the good air is up by the floor, and I didn't want her to get smoke in, in ventilation or in whatever Smoke damage, whatever. And so somebody goes up to him and said, how do you live with, your, how do you live with yourself? Because it's all baloney. And that's how when we try to, we try to explain, when, we, when we've been caught in deceit, we try to explain ourselves, it gets complicated. See, it's so, much, it's so much more simpler. You just say, I did it. I was a chicken. I was scared. I went to save my life. I knocked people down. I, I was... Just be honest. Not that I, people haven't been lying to me lately, but just be honest. <laughs> just say I screwed up. Just be honest. Life is simple when we're just honest and we're straightforward. I'm human. I, didn't, I made a mistake. And stop trying to cover everything up. That's when life gets complicated. I don't, I'm not doing very good on my sermon here, but... Um, and so... Truth is something that's eternal. Truth is something, and we have to agree on the basics. Amen? And so what God designed is for life to be simple and deep. In other words, relationships that are deep, relationships that are intensely personal, that are satisfying. And with that, there has to be honesty. There has to be transparency. I mean, sometimes if people are, are always hiding it's hard to have a good relationship with them. So God designed relationships to be deep and satisfying. And he, he designed that life would be simple enough. I want you to, now I'll get into my sermon. Okay, that was all fluff. <laughs> so in the Old Testament, talk about complicated. There's over 600 laws. Of course, nowadays there's a lot more than that. But um, there were the ceremonial laws. There were the uh, judicial laws, and then there was the, the moral law, which is the Ten Commandments. Most of us understand the ten, com, ten Commandments. But in all, there was over 600 different laws. And then they added the traditions of the elders onto that. And so for the Jewish man and woman, 
you know, life was complicated and it wasn't very simple. And Jesus even commented on that. He said, you lay heavy burdens on people. You won't even lift the burden yourself, but you just keep wearing people down and, and you, you know, pile stuff upon them. It makes life difficult for them. But listen to what Jesus makes a simple statement about, about the law. Look at, look at Matthew 22 for a second. It says, a teacher, somebody's asking him, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like unto you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now listen to this next phrase. How many can see that that's just one thing? How many can see that this is one thing? It's love. Turn to your neighbor and just say love. It's love. It's just one thing, but it's directed in two ways. It's, it's directed at God and it's directed at people, but it's just one thing. And then he makes this last statement. He says, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. You know, Augustine, saying Augustine made a statement. He said, he said um, about love, he said uh, something about uh, love God and do as you please. He goes, I've summed up life like this. Love God and do as you please. You go, do as you please? You don't want to tell people to do as you please. But he didn't say do as you please. He said love God. See, when we have an understanding of what love is, love is, a, is not a feeling, but love is a choice. Let me just say that one more time. Because Hollywood makes it as feelings. And we have, all the songs we hear about love, is they're always involved with feelings. I'm hooked on a feeling. I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. We're all going, I'm looking for that feeling. And I had this, I had this lady one time coming to me, and she, she was going to divorce her husband. And she goes, listen to this. She goes, I love him, but I'm not in love with him. And so I had to go to the bathroom and throw up. Do I look that stupid? <laughs> what a, that's the epitome of stupid. But what she was saying, I think, I don't even know what she was saying, to tell you the truth. But I think what she was saying is, at one time, I had the feeling of love for him, and now you've lost that love and feeling. Oh. I'm just trying to illustrate that all the songs we hear about love are connected to feeling. And she goes, now the feeling's gone. But here's the thing I learned about feelings. Feelings will come back. If you commit yourself to love somebody, and, 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 and here's a foundational truth, we, I will stick with you no matter what. I, you want to hear a funny story? I'm almost, my time's up. I haven't got to my sermon yet. But you want to hear a funny story? So this guy marries this lady. But don't get upset about this. But, um, but, he, but he always saw her in dark rooms where she was singing. She had this incredible voice, and he just fell in love. I don't know how this, it's a joke, so it, jokes don't make sense anyways, but. 
but he just always saw her in these dark rooms, lightly, dit, lightly lit rooms, and she was singing this incredible voice. And she just fell in love with her. She just thought, oh, she's the cat's meow. She's unbelievable. And so on their honeymoon night, you know, the lights are dim. The next morning, the lights are bright. He sits up in bed, looks over at her, and he goes, she goes, hey. He goes, ooh. He goes, sing, baby, sing. <laughs> that, I don't care what anybody says, that was funny. But, but, but here's, here's the idea, is that feelings are so fickle. How many know that's true? Feelings are so fickle. Sometimes, sometimes I look at my wife and I just go, I, I, I don't know how we get anything done around here, man. I'm just like madly in love. I mean, you know, we had five kids and... And someone says, you must like a lot of kids. I said, no, I just like my wife. <laughs> and my, my point is, is that sometimes it's just like, woo. I mean, it, I mean, we've been married for 45 years almost, and we still make out. <laughs> and it's hot. But, but, but here, here's my thought. Here's my thought. Sometimes I look at my wife and go, why did I marry you? And I know she thinks that about me. She might add an explicitive with that. Why in the blank did I marry you? But, but my point is, is that once you commit yourself to love somebody, no matter what, I, I, I told her, I'm committed to you. No matter what, I will love you till the day I draw my last breath. I will love you. But that doesn't mean I have the feeling all the time. Now, what I learned over the years is the feelings are pretty permanent now. But when I was younger, they would sort of, it would go like this. It would go up and down, up and down. But it was, I always noticed that it was, even though it was up and down, it was on an upward trend. Until finally it sort of, it sort of flattens out, but it's, it's upward. Until finally it's pretty intense, guys. I'm just telling you, if you're young, it's pretty intense. When you're, when you, when the feelings are strong. <laughs> strong, man. But my point is, is that when you identify love as a feeling, which our whole culture does, they identify love as a feeling, it becomes very difficult to, to really practice love. Because sometimes you just don't, I'm just not feeling it. How many see what I'm saying? But the Bible says here that if you can master this, not this feeling, but this choice, I'm choosing to love this person. I'm choosing to love this church. I'm choosing to act on this, person's, uh, on, this, on this person's behalf. Look at another verse, Romans chapter 13. I, I, I gotta, I'm bringing this to a close. I'm, I'm circling the airport right now. so I'm going to land pretty soon here. But Romans chapter 13, it says, Owe no man anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. You know, I know that we are all in different places in our relationships. And sometimes they get strained and, and, and life has a way of putting a wedge between. But here's the thing is that the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that's given to us. I have love in me, even though I don't always exhibit love, but I have it in me. 
but if, if I can get to the point where I can make the right choice, because it is a choice, because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. When I do the right thing, when I make the right choice, because it's the right thing to do, it's based on principles. When I committed to my, my wife, I said, till death separates us. I committed to her, and I'm just, I won't allow anything to separate us. When I make that commitment, the feelings come, and feelings are wonderful. How many know what I mean? They're powerful. But they become more powerful in a committed situation. In a committed situation, if you commit yourself to another person, say, I'm going to act on your behalf. I'm going to act for your good. I'm going to sow into this thing. You know, when I do marriage counseling, I always, I always say that relationships are like bank accounts. Relationships are like bank accounts. You have to sow into, you have to make deposits. How many know that's true? And you don't even have to worry about withdrawals because life is filled with withdrawals. Life is filled with withdrawals. Life is filled with withdrawals. When life happens, there are withdrawals. And so you have to make, you have to be deliberate and diligent about making deposits. Where, and, and you can't just say, do things that are, are what you want. You've got to consider the other person and do what she, in this case, she wants. In other words, when you do something, it should, there should be a ding noise. It should ring her bell, you know, ding. It's like, it's like my, my wife, if she goes, I want to do something special for you. I go, okay, good. It's Father's Day. Let's do something special. Okay, good. Let's do something special. Let's go camping. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if she said that, that would not ding. <laughs> that would go thud. <laughs> camping? Do I look like an animal? Do I look like a horse? I know a lot of you camp. I, I realize that. But it's not based on principles. <laughs> the principles, the animals live outside. <laughs> Us humans, we have progressed. We live in houses. We eat at tables that are covered. We don't eat outside with the ants and the flies. You know what flies do, don't you? I remember, have you ever, one time I was actually in a foreign land, and I'm always a little nervous about foreign lands because they have bugs that we don't have. You know, it's like... And I was in a foreign country, and, and uh, I had preached twice in the morning at two different churches. And then I was, I was exhausted. I was still suffering from jet lag. And, and so then the guy goes, could you speak to our youth? And I go, really? I, I said, sure, I'd love to. <laughs> and, and so he goes, well, first we're going to have a meal. And so, of course, outside. And, and so he puts it out there. It wasn't too bad looking, but the black, these big black gigantic black flies covered the meal. I mean, it wasn't just one or two nibbling, covered the meal, and he'd just go like this. I'm going... <laughs> I know why the Bible says, have you not houses to eat and drink in? I know why it says that. We should be inside. I wanted to say, we should be inside. You know, that's what I was thinking. But I don't know what I was saying, though. Oh, yeah, so 
So it's like, what rings your bell? What, what, is, what is a deposit to that person? Relationships, relationship. And, and that's what love does. Love makes deposits that are a blessing to, the, to that person. What happens is usually people, when they look for marriage advice, they've made so many withdrawals that their relationship account is, is overdrawn. And when your relationship account gets overdrawn, you have a lot less patience for that person. Right? And you, there's a lot more irritation going on than you can imagine. And so that's why we are commanded to love each other. And love's not a feeling. Love is an action. Let me give you one more verse here, and then I'll probably bring it to a close. Maybe I'll preach on this next week. Now look around, everybody. Whoever doesn't show up next week, we know they're guilty. <laughs> they, they suck at this relationship thing. We know that, right? But look at John chapter 13. Jesus said, verse 34, Jesus said, a new commandment. Everybody say commandment. A new commandment. So this is not a suggestion. This is a commandment. A new commandment. I give to you that you love one another. Now, he, he, he didn't say love one another in your own special way. You just kind of decide in your own little special way how you want to love each other. He said, no, you love each other as I have loved you. You know, it's really hard to listen to is sometimes when people want, I want to correct you. And I'm sure that some of you are going to want to correct me after this message. And, and, some people feel like their job is to go around and correct everybody. You are not the Holy Spirit. Let me just point that out. You aren't even close to him. You are not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to write the laws of God on our heart. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't bring, you don't bring correction to people, but you should bring it in, in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. I remember I just listened, I read a book by... George Whitfield, who was a great English preacher that preached in America before the revol time of the Revolution. And he, would, he never preached one sermon. He preached to 80% of the Americans at that time face-to-face. -face. He preached 18,000 sermons in his lifetime. He never preached a sermon, not one sermon, without weeping. And his sermons were, you must be born again. If you're not saved, if you don't receive Christ into your life, if you're not born again, you're going to split hell wide open. And he would weep. He would weep over their souls. And he, would, he told them the truth that they were lost, but he was weeping over their condition. You know, it's easy to receive from somebody who's weeping over your condition. A lot of times when people correct us, it feels like they're arrogant. And they're putting them, I know this is rough to take, but can you take it? It's like they put themselves up on a pedestal and they're saying, you know, looking down at us from their lofty perch, telling us where we need to straighten up. And I think that's such a, the wrong spirit. It's not the right, it's not the spirit of Christ. Let me get off of that. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. 
Jesus said, love each other as I, as, even as I have loved you, as I have loved you. Not love each other in your own special way or your own manufactured way. Love each other. He, he didn't say love each other if you feel like it, but love each other. Our love for each other should be so obvious. This, I wrote this down. I wanted to get this the way I wrote it. It's so obvious, so profound, so intense that everyone who observes will say, you, you must be a follower of Jesus. And I don't see that coming from the body of Christ. I don't see it coming from Christians in general. I certainly don't see it coming from a lot of the leaders in our nation that always criticize openly other preachers that they don't agree with. I think that's a terrible practice. Because I don't think a sinner would look at that and say, wow, you really love that person. Because he said, love each other in such a way that everybody will know. Everybody that observes will know that you're my disciples. Because we are willing to sacrifice for each other. We're willing to protect each other. We're willing to stand, be loyal to each other. We're willing to stand by each other. We're willing to come to each other's aid. We're willing to uh, speak well of each other. Be loyal. See, we should have each other's back. In other words, if you come up to me, I remember I heard this preacher one time where this guy would, was always going around criticizing this preacher. And so he, he said this preacher came up to me, this guy came up to him and he said, you know that preacher, he's crazy. You know, all the things he says is crazy. So this preacher goes, it seems like you have that brother on your mind. Why don't we grab hands? Let's pray right now. And you lead us in prayer for that brother. So that's a good response. Seems like you have that sister on your heart. Why don't we join hands together and you lead us in prayer for that sister. Amen? So that's the nature of this kind of love that God has called us to. And, you know, let's all stand together. I got to quit. Man, this, that, did you guys get anything out of that? No, didn't get anything? Are you still stuck on the stories? You know, um, we are creating a world that is either livable or just uninhabitable. You know, our marriage can be livable or it can be uninhabitable, right? Our communities, our family can be livable. This is a good environment for kids to grow up in because the relationship, it starts with the husband and wife. You think your kids are going to be okay because you love them, but you and your husband fight or you and your wife fight like cats and dogs. I mean, there's a chance they could be okay, but they're, you're, the Bible says our children will be like plants growing up in their youth. And if you create a toxic environment for a plant, it's not going to survive. It's going to die. But if you create a, a good environment by, by making a choice, I choose to love you. I, I would like to drop paper on the floor right now, and when you bend over to pick it up, I'd like to kick you. In the south side going north. But I'm going to choose to love you. I'm going to choose. You know, I heard this. What was this story about this lady? 
who said um, something about her husband said, I'd like to have a hot meal or something. And he said, well, set your cornflakes on fire. Something like that. But I, I, that's really not a good deposit. We've got to learn to make deposits. Amen? We've got to learn to make deposits. Things, are, things that people need to... We need to show love. I mean, we need love in every civilized culture. Love is always a verb. It's not a, it's not a noun. It's not something you fall into or a state that you achieve and then you never have to... It's something you have to work at. I choose to love you. I choose to, cho I choose to sow into this relationship, to sacrifice for this relationship. If you're standing next to your wife or your husband, turn to them and say, I choose you. Amen. You might have just made a deposit. I was going to read you a list of um, kids that talk about what love is. And it was some pretty funny responses. Amen. Let's all pray together. Lord, we just come to you right now in Jesus' name. We just pray, God. You know, you said it was a new commandment. You didn't say it was a suggestion. You said it was a commandment. We know it's not a feeling, Lord, but it is an action. We are action figures, Lord. We are people that act, take action. We are proactive. We're not reactive. We're proactive. We take action. Hallelujah. So today in this place, I just ask you right now that if there's any wedges or breaches in relationships here, God, I just pray right now, if angry words have been spoken that have brought a breach or, or a separation, Lord, I just pray this morning, Lord, that you would heal the breach, that you would heal the separation. We just speak peace. We just speak oneness over relationships, Lord, that are shattered and broken, that are strained. <clears throat> we just pray, God, that you give each one of us grace, grace for the place that we're, we're, you put us in. Lord, that we wouldn't look at our mate and accept them based on them doing everything right. But we, we accept them as a flawed individual that is being transformed by your presence and your glory. Thank you, God. Thank you for healing. Thank you that we love as you love, and your love is shed abroad in our hearts. We just thank you, God, for it. Let's sing this song together, would you? Do you have a song we can sing?
God. God's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for love, unity. Amen. It's awesome. It's an awesome environment to grow up in. It's an awesome environment to be around. It's wonderful. Amen. You know, it's like you learn a lot when you look at God, how he sacrificed for us. He sacrificed so he could know us, so we could know him. He sacrificed so much. And uh, didn't wait for us to become perfect before he established a relationship with us. And that's true of us, too. We have to have that same mindset. 
because you influence people by your by being in relationship with them and that was God's plan is to be in a relationship with us and influence us for good amen I want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for the prayer counselors could please come forward we have some refreshments in the back I invite you to join us but if you are here today and need prayer please don't leave without being prayed for and just encourage you to make that commitment to love step across the line step across the aisle you say yeah but they don't reciprocating God loved us while we were yet sinners whether they reciprocate or not make that step amen but if you do need prayer please come forward these wonderful people would be glad to pray for you and uh, we have some refreshments God bless you all you're free to go have a great week